Grace kids are now dismissed to go to the children's area there. Well, praise the Lord. Hey, why don't we give the Lord another hand clap of praise this morning? Isn't he good? I'm, hey, I'm thankful that we serve an almighty God, church. I'm thankful that we serve an almighty God. Well, uh, as the kids are dismissing, before we jump into the word, I uh, uh, just want to uh, introduce myself. I know uh, Brother Luke already did, but uh, my name is Irvin Waswa. Um, I, uh, as Luke said, grew up in his, uh, in his student ministry in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, South Dallas, a church called Hillcrest Baptist. And uh, uh, seriously, I'm forever thankful for, uh, for Luke and Ashley and their family uh, and their investment in my life. I uh, didn't grow up going to church. Uh, and when Luke and, uh, and Ashley moved uh, to uh, Hillcrest, I started going some, uh, but they were there throughout high school. And he was uh, one of the pr- first people I ever saw, um, you know, take this Jesus thing for real. I'll never forget, Luke, you called us out after a, uh, a, a student event, uh, straight called us out. We were all dozing off, sleeping, just being kids at this event. And uh, he flat out called us out. And I remember, you know, thinking, man, this dude's serious, number one. Uh, but number two, that being a seed that was planted uh, in my heart and life and God using that and uh, came to faith my junior of high school uh, and then senior of high school called to ministry and so thankful to be serving up in the uh, greater Nashville area. And so Luke, Ashley, so thankful for you guys and your investment uh, in my life and countless others uh, during that season of life. So uh, with that being said, if you've got a Bible, turn with me to Philippians chapter 3. Uh, Philippians chapter 3, I know you guys have just started uh, in the book of Philippians, but uh, talking with uh, Pastor Luke, he uh, invited me to share uh, from uh, uh, any passage there in Philippians, and and this is one of my favorite ones, Uh, one of my favorite ones. Um, uh, As was mentioned earlier, Paul is is writing this, uh, you know, in, uh, you know, a uh, prison cell, he's in jail, he's locked up, and he's looking to encourage uh, this uh, thriving church, this church that was doing well. Uh, And he's looking to encourage them to continue to move uh, forward uh, in their walk with him. And so uh, we're going to read in Philippians 3, starting in verse 12, uh, and we're going to work our way down through uh, verse 16. He's uh, wrapping up a thought uh, from uh, Philippians 3, 1 through 10 here, uh, where he's uh, calling out some false teachers that had seeped into the life of the church there, uh, but also uh, in that same breath looking to encourage uh, the believers there, man, to keep on going with what they got. Paul and, the, and Silas folks that were there, man, they invested in this church. They were growing rapidly. And so he was encouraging them, man, to keep the faith. Man, keep on keeping on. And, and so verse 12 uh, is where we're going to be, and we're going to read through verse 16. This is what the word of the Lord says. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. The it that he's talking about, you can see in verse 10, right? That's the it that he's talking about. Um, this growth and in, in maturity in Christ. Verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. This is the word of the Lord. Let me pray one more time and then we'll jump into uh, the message this morning. Lord God, we do love you. We thank you that you are the awesome God, Lord. Um, 
God, you're the awesome God that uh, is transcendent, uh, yet at the same time imminent, near to us. God, we thank you for your word, Lord, and its encouragement to us. I pray this morning that you would encourage us to be folks that press on uh, to maturity in these days. So easy just to choose to coast in our Christian life, Lord. I pray, Lord, that we would be, God, like Paul in the Philippian church, Lord, that we choose to press on to maturity, Lord. Be with us now. Meet with us here. Continue to meet with us. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. And all God's people said, amen, amen. Uh, I've entitled the sermon today simply this, press on to uh, maturity. Press on to maturity. Whenever I think about pressing on to maturity, I think about uh, um, the time when I was in student ministry with uh, Brother Luke, Luke and Ashley. Luke told me earlier not to share any embarrassing youth stories. I'm going to go ahead and share one. Guys, more, more so towards, towards me, but uh, I remember uh, when I was in uh, Luke's ministry, me and another friend that uh, was there, uh, we uh, were looking to uh, play a prank on one of our other friends that lived in my neighborhood there in the South Dallas area. Uh, we were looking to TP his house, toilet paper his house, and uh, because he had gotten us at some kind of, you know, event earlier on, so we were looking to get him back. And so we snuck out late at night, right, uh, which number one was an issue. Uh, we snuck out late at night, man, and we made our way to his house. And we were, you know, every time we saw a car or, or somebody walk by, man, we'd jump into the bushes, run. You know, we were trying to, you know, make it a game, if you will. Well, we get close to the house, and we see somebody pull in, and we end up running, ducking into the bushes, hiding there for a little while. And the dude comes out with his dog. And I'm thinking, uh-oh, man, this, this isn't good. Comes out with the dog. The dog just begins sniffing around. And, of course, Brother Kevin, man, I end up wearing uh, white shoes, right? which wasn't a good idea, you know, that's not, that's not a good idea there. Uh, but the dog comes, comes out sniffing, and he doesn't bark, so we're thinking, we're good, man. As soon as he leaves, man, I'm going to hop this fence, and we're just going to abort mission. We're just going to head on back to the house. Well, sure enough, as soon as we get ready to get up and roll, woo, 5-0, two cop cars pull up to the house. And I'm thinking, oh, man, this is, this is a problem. So I had watched enough episodes of cops in my time. <laughs> to know what to do in this situation. So, I, man, I, I got out of the bushes, man, put my hands up, you know, thinking I'm good. Well, you know, that was, I guess, the right thing to do, but the cops ran in, tackled me and my friend, right, handcuffed us, you know, put us in the back of the cop car, and I remember thinking in that moment, man, number one, this must be a dream, uh, and, and I pinched myself and realized it was reality, and number two, I'm thinking, man, maybe I could probably, maybe I could try to explain this away to my parents, you know. Uh, which wasn't going to happen either. I remember sitting in that cop car thinking, man, this is, this is a problem. So long story short, we ended up getting you know, arrested for curfew violation, man, uh, head home, all this stuff. But uh, the punishment had to go to court. And the punishment for me was 32 hours of community service that could be done anywhere. So I'm thinking, man, I'm part of a church. I'll just do it at the church. And so, and I'm thinking, man, you know, I know Luke, he's cool, man. He'll take it easy on me. I, all, we, all we can do is just sit down and just hang out and be good to go. I was wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> I get there, and they have a whole bunch of, uh, you know, this big old pile of wood chips that's there. It's in the middle of January, and Luke says, all right, you're on it. You're going to start shoveling all those wood chips. And I'm thinking, Luke, man, I don't have a shovel. I don't have a wheelbarrow. How am I going to do it? You're on your own. You figure it out. And so literally, I mean, that was my point. I had to shovel, you know, that, that huge pile of wood chips in the freezing cold. But, but I remember as I was doing that, right, uh, man, I mean, it being super cold in January, Right, me being tired, being weary, not wanting to do it, man, the struggle was real just to simply quit. Uh, 
but, but I couldn't. Man, I had to continue moving forward to get the job done so that Luke could sign off on my sheet so I wouldn't get in further trouble, right? Pressing on. Man, I had to press on. Even though I didn't want to do it, church, I had to press on, right, to get the job done. I know that's a funny story, but he, here's the reality, right? The call of the Christian life, friends, is to choose to press on. Press on to continue to move forward in this Christian life. As I mentioned earlier, hey, it's so easy to simply coast uh, in these days for whatever reason, right? Some of you guys, man, it's been a very difficult year, been, been a difficult last couple of years. And so uh, in your life, your Christian life is essentially paused. You're going to church, you're doing some of the routine things, right? But, but what God's calling you to do, man, is to continue moving forward, right? Growing in him, growing in him. And that's the call for all of us in here. Matter of fact, Paul says it another way in Colossians 2, 6, and 7. He says it like this. Hey, therefore, as you've received Christ Jesus the Lord, continue to walk in him, rooted, built up, and established in the faith. And that's the challenge that Paul has given us here in Philippians chapter 3. Press on to maturity. Press on to maturity. You say, Pastor Herb, how do you do that? Man, I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked. It says right here in the scripture, hey, three ways, right, that we uh, are able to press on to maturity in these days. The first way, right, that we're able to press on to maturity in these days is by choosing to leave the past behind. Leave the past behind. That's what Paul says here, right, in this discourse. Man, he says in verse 13, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. Man, I'm still pressing forward, pressing on. Right. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Man, hey, the call for us in Christ is to leave the past behind. How many of you guys are glad, man, that we can do that? Right. Our past doesn't have to define us anymore. And, and so for the call of the Christian, right, the call is to choose to leave the past behind. Some of you guys, right, because right, you're allowing the past to dictate your present, you're not able to press on towards Maturity in Christ. And so the call is to leave the past behind. I love this quote from Elizabeth George, right? Christian uh, mother and author uh, pertaining to the past. This is what she said. Said this, who you are in Christ is far more important and meaningful than whatever has taken place in your past. And so the call for us is to leave the past behind, man, and press on to uh, maturity. What does that look like in our life, right? What does it look like to leave uh, the past behind. N number one, right, the, uh, part of the past that we ought to leave behind is our, our, our previous sins, our previous sins. You, you can uh, uh, imagine Paul, right, as he's penning this letter here, right, thinking back to his life, man, he's talking about, man, I, I, you know, I choose to, man, forget what lies behind. You, you, if you don't know Paul, right, he, he used to go by uh, uh, the name Saul, a guy by the name of Saul, right, who persecuted Christians. He didn't execute him himself, but he basically took him to the execution. He was a bad dude, man. He hated uh, the movement of Christ in, in the early church. He, you know, in his, he, in his mind, he had all this blood on his hands, all this stuff. He did all his past sins, man. He, he calls himself, matter of fact, the chief of sinners. All these sins in his life. But, and as he's penning this letter, you can see him probably thinking back to some of those sins. Right? But then he remembers, hey, I don't have to be defined by those anymore. Man, because of what Jesus did. And in the same way for us in here, man, hey, we can forget, right, our previous sins. In Christ, we can forget the past sins because he has forgiven them. 
right? The fancy term for that is uh, uh, the word propitiation, right? Uh, uh, Jesus in my place, essentially. That's, that's, that's what it was, right? We were far away from God. Our sins separated us from him, man, kept us far away from him. And there was nothing we could do, man, to get brought back into relationship with him. But God, amen, but God. Man, he sent his son Jesus, man, to die on the cross, shed his blood. And for those of us who believe in his finished work, man, hey, our sins can be forgiven, have been forgiven. Psalm 103, 12. Man, he's forgiven our sins. God has as far as the east is from the west. 2 Corinthians 5, 19. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Need a couple more verses about it? I'll give you some. Hebrews 9, 22, without the shedding of blood, hey, there's no forgiveness of sin. Jesus had to go to the cross. He had to. Man, and shed his blood so that we can be, our sins could be forgiven. 1 John 2, 2, man, he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but, on, but also for the sins of the whole world hey friends no matter man how sinful your past was right no hey no matter how checkered it was no matter how far you strayed hey if you know Jesus man your sins have been forgiven and so walk in that forgiveness today walk in it man we ought to choose to man let go leave uh, our past sins behind secondly we ought to choose to leave our uh, persistent shame behind Again, you can think about Paul here and, and his life, man, and, and who he was prior to and, and what the enemy loves to do. And maybe you're experiencing it today. What the enemy loves to do, man, is, is to bring about some of that shame. You know you're forgiven. You know you've been made right with God. But what he loves to do is bring about, man, some of that shame, right, and guilt from what you've done in the past. Hey, the call for us is to leave it behind. Leave it behind. Romans 8, 1 says this. Hey, there, now there's therefore no condemnation for those of us who were in Christ Jesus. Hey, the skeletons that are in your closet, listen, you could take those out and, and, and get, throw them at the feet of Jesus. You don't have to walk in that anymore. You don't have to live in persistent shame anymore. And here's the thing. A lot of us in here, man, sadly, we, what we do is we allow for the enemy, man, to, to shackle us up. Right in this sense of persistent shame, man, and that it's keeping us from, man, pursuing Jesus. It's keeping us from serving him, keeping us from being all in for him. And so the call for us, man, is to choose not to wallow in persistent shame, man, but to choose to give it to him. Galatians 3, 13 and 14, man, tells us that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Right, this curse of the fact that we weren't able to abide, we couldn't measure up to God. That's true, man, but, but we... Jesus did, and we believed on him, and our life is different. And Joel 2, 28, man, says it this way, man, the Lord is able. He, hey, he's able to restore the years that the locusts have eaten. Some of you thinking, man, hey, I've wasted too much life. Man, hey, God is able to restore those years. Man, choose to give that shame to him. Don't allow for persistent shame to rule your life. Those who've been used, abused, hurt, struggling with shame, hey, choose to lay it down. At his feet. I heard a quote one time, Brother Luke, and I'll move to our next point here. I heard a quote one time that said this. Hey, we, we may not be able to alter our past, but we can leave our past on the altar. Amen. <laughs> I believe I'll say that one more time. That ought to get you excited. Hey, listen. Hey, we, we may not be able to alter our past, church, but hey, we can leave our past on the altar. 
hey, so choose, man, choose to do that today. You ain't got to live in persistent shame today. And then thirdly and lastly, what does it look like to leave the past behind? Man, it looks like this, leaving, hey, leaving our past successes, leaving our past successes. Paul says it in, in Acts uh, 20, 24, hey, but I do not account my life of any value nor as precious to myself, if only I may finish my course in the ministry that I have received from the Lord Jesus Christ to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Hey, if anybody could choose, man, to, to press pause and coast because of what good stuff he's done, it would have been Paul. This dude, I mean, he wrote, man, more than half the New Testament. He went all over the world, man, sharing the gospel, man, doing great works from had a lot of awesome experiences of the Lord. But he said, hey, but, but he said, man, I, I count that as, man, useless compared to, man, choosing to finish this race well. Man, he continued to choose to strain forward. Man, that stuff's awesome. I reflect on that good stuff, man, but I, I want to use it, man. I want to, God's faithfulness in the past, I want to use that, man, to propel me to continue to pursue him in the present and in the future. And that's the call for us in here. Man, you know those folks, man, that, man, always love to reflect on the good old days. You know those people? Whether it be in church life or in, you know, regular life, man, I, I know Sometimes, man, I fall victim to that. You know, I'm, I'm on vacation now, so, you know, driving around seeing some old places, and I'm thinking back to those old, you know, the good old days, if you will. Number one, you know, I'm, uh, you know the Lord has helped me. I think, man, hey, Irv, you need to live in reality. Man, those days were sweet, but remember, you, you were broke. You didn't have nothing. Those college days, man, you, you were broke. You didn't have nothing, you know. You, hey, you were you, you didn't, you, sitting in, in class, sitting in biology class and all this stuff, man, you, you know, you were living in Ruston, Louisiana. No, no, let me leave that alone. No, I love Ruston. I love Ruston. Uh, but listen, uh, you know, you're, you're living in this, you know, uh, kind of an imaginary thought that, man, those, the good old days were those best days. And, and, and here's what I end up doing. A lot of us, man, if we're not careful, this could happen to us too, right? Our reflection of the good old days, right, moves to us idolizing those days. And what happens then is, man, that, that keeps you from choosing to move forward. All of a sudden now, hey, you know, uh, you're living this Christian life just based on, I mean, tradition instead of, man, choosing to walk with him uh, today and hear him today. All of a sudden now, man, hey, you're, you're living this Christian, here you go, students, you're living this Christian life from one camp to the next instead of living for him every single day of your life. Man, the call for us, man, he, he, hey, even those past successes in our life, the call for us is to, yes, celebrate them. But also, man, choose to say, you know what? Hey, the same way that God moved back then is the same way he can move today. Man, and choose to live for him now. Man, hey, in order to be folks that press on to this upward call, we got to choose to leave the past behind. Secondly, we'll keep moving here. And, hey, in order to choose to be folks that press on to maturity, man, not only do we have to leave the past behind, we've got to choose to live for Jesus today. That's what Paul says here. Hey, he says, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward. Hey, that word in the original language, straining, man, it, it, it's in the present active tense. It's a continuation, moving forward, moving ahead, moving ahead, straining forward. And then again, he talks about pressing on, pressing on, right? That word strain also is, is an athletic term, right, that speaks to having a, you know, a deep sense of discipline and motivation, right, and you moving forward. And, and that's the call for us as uh, believers. Hey, the true mark of somebody following Christ and growing in maturity is less predicated on a decision made in the past, but spiritual fruit being birthed in them now. 
birthed out of them now. And so the question is, are you living for Jesus today? Man, are you straining forward in him today? Are you walking in maturity today? How do we do that, man? And foremost, hey, we choose to be folks that own our faith. Paul talks about that. He says, man, I haven't uh, obtained this or I'm already perfect, but I press on to make it my own. Speaking of his faith, man, he, he owned his faith. He owned it. And he was looking to continue to pursue, man, after him. Whenever I think of owning, right, again, another high school illustration here. I remember uh, they built an outdoor mall uh, in uh, my hometown there in South Dallas area. Uh, and well, I was a junior, senior in high school and had some friends work at it. And uh, one of my best friends, same dude I got arrested with, ended up uh, working uh, there as well. Worked at one of the stores, Hollister, right, uh, which was real big back then. I don't even know if they're still open now. Man, that, that dates me a little bit. Students are thinking, man, you know, who, what is that? But, uh, but Hollister, one of those places that was there. And I remember going and seeing him frequently and, you know, being one that loved to walk around the mall. But I was one of those people that was the greatest window shopper. Window shopper. Because, hey, remember, like I told you earlier, man, I was broke. I broke. You know, family was, you know, middle, lower middle class. And so, you know, they didn't, I didn't have any kind of allowance. I had to work, you know, in order to get some stuff. But I wasn't going to pay $150 for a little shirt, you know, that just said Hollister on it. And so, you know, I remember, you know, walking through and I would walk into that Hollister store, man, and, and try on, you know, some clothes, you know. I remember, you know, spraying some of that, uh, you know, cologne, man, that real nice cologne, spraying a lot of extra. Hopefully it'd stay on me a couple weeks, you know, go to the, keep it with me. But uh, spray some of that on, you know. And, uh, but I never, ever bought anything. No, hey, none of that stuff in that store I owned, man. Never purchased any of it because I couldn't. I couldn't. I was a window shopper to the max. To the max. If I were to be honest... Right, sadly, in Christian life altogether, but, but maybe some of you guys in the room, man, that, that's how your Christian faith is. Man, you're not owning your faith, man. You're just simply a, a window shopper. You know, man, you, hey, you'll try on Jesus for a couple of weeks, and then something happens in your life, and you, you choose to put him back on the rack. Hey, listen, hey, you'll be all in, man, for worshiping him, serving him. And then something better comes along in your mind, and you just simply put him back on the rack. Hey, the call of the Christian life, what Paul says here, if we want to be folks that press on to maturity, man, we've got to choose to own our faith. Own our faith. We've got to choose to be people, man, that own prayer. Own prayer. The only time that we should, you know, only time that, we uh, should be praying. shouldn't just be, man, on a Sunday morning. Right, man? We, we ought to be spending time with God in prayer every single day. Every single day. We've got to be folks, man, that own reading the Word. Reading the Word. Only time that you open the, the book shouldn't be, man, on a Sunday morning. Or, you know, checking out the app for a verse of the day. Man, hey, we ought to desire, man, to spend time, man, soaking in the Word of God. Because we can. We can. Man, we ought to be folks that own, man, growing in community with one another. Understand that this Christian life is not an island. We need each other. We ought to be folks that own, here it is, we ought to be folks that own loving our neighbor and understanding that we're not hoarders of the gospel, we're heralds of it. And we're called to share it. We ought to be folks that own sharing our faith and being a witness for him. Hey, listen, do you own your faith? 
It's not Pastor Luke's job or Pastor Jason's job, man, to own your faith story. Man, it, it's the call is yours to own it. We've got to be folks that own our faith. Not only that, right, but, man, living for Jesus today looks like this, looking to the Father, looking to the Father. Paul says this, hey, press on, man, to uh, uh, one thing to forget what lies behind and straighten forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Man, one day, right, even though we're not perfect now, one day we will be made perfect. Man, hey, one day, right, we're going to be with Jesus forever in our glorified bodies, worshiping and praising him. And Paul is looking forward to that day. That is what is motivating him to continue to move forward. He is looking forward to that day, looking forward to him. And the prize at the end of the day, man, is being able to be at the feet of Jesus. Yeah, heaven's going to be cool, but what makes it cool is that we're going to be with God, face to face with him. And so for us as believers, hey, we got to choose, man, to look, look to the Lord. Look to the Lord. Hey, can I be honest with those that are struggling in here, man, pressing forward, man, look to him. Look to him. Man, those in here that, that are weary today, man, choose to look to him. Those, hey, those in here... Those in here that are struggling, man, you know, uh, having a faith crisis or walking through, you know, quote, unquote, deconstruction. I know that's a buzzword in Christian life today. Hey, go back to the root. Look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Hey, look to him. Look to him. And in doing so, man, hey, that motivates us, man, to continue and to move forward. It does. Looking forward to the prize. I struggle with jogging right a lot of times you know um, maybe some of you in here you know for exercise man I struggle with with jogging because a lot of times I you know to me there, there's no end in mind like playing ball playing sports and our group played sports man hey there was always you know a final score hey we're playing to 15 or you know hey we're, we're playing until the end of the quarter there was something to look forward to and, and jogging man hey I struggle with it so I'm learning what what that what that looks like now learn what that looks like now Hey, but for the child of God, hey, listen, this race that we're running is not in vain. We've got something to look forward to. We've got something to look forward to. My, by the way, I'll go ahead and throw this in free of charge. Hey those, hey, those of us who are in Christ, the believer today, our best days are always in front of us because of what's, man, what's ahead. And so, man, choose, hey, choose to look forward, man, choose to look up, choose to look to the Lord, choose to look to Man, in order to be folks that press on to maturity, hey, we've got to, number one, choose to leave the past behind. Number two, we've got to choose to live for Jesus today. What does that look like in your life? Are you living for him today? Are you just a window shopper of the faith? Or are you living for him today? And then thirdly and lastly, hey, in order to live for Jesus, in order to be folks that pursue, man, press on to maturity, we've got to choose to be people that look to, <clears throat> excuse me, walk in unity walk in unity verse 15 and 16 i'm going to reread it one more time because you can just forget it verses 12 through 14 are really you know the the uh, verses in this passage that are focused on the most but 15 and 16 um, are also important it says this let those of us who are mature think this way and if in anything you think otherwise god will reveal that also to you I heard it in our, uh, you know, uh, pre-service meeting today. Brother Luke said, man, that's, you know, Paul is giving basically a Jesus juke here, right? Says, hey, listen, this is how we ought to walk. If you're mature, if you're not, ah, man, God will get you right. He'll get you there. That's what he's saying there. And then he finishes up by saying this, only let us hold true to what we have 
attained. Paul is talking to the church in large and saying, hey, listen, hey, just as I have this same mindset, hey, us collectively as a church, right, you guys in Philippi, as church, hey, you guys ought to have this same mindset as well, choosing to be folks that continue to press on to Jesus. And he's saying it collectively, the, the verbiage there, right, he's, he's not just talking to one person, he's talking to a collection of people, right, it's in, it's in the plural, and I believe intentionally why he's saying that is this, hey, you guys have to do it together. You've got to do it together. It can't just be one person that has this, this sort of thinking and the other person has another sort of thinking. You guys have to be united in this, which speaks to the church in large, right? The call for us to be folks that walk in unity. As we're walking with Jesus, right, hey, our hope, right, you know, not just for Covenant Church, but the big C church in large, it's to be a people, man, that, that understand this call of the Christian life is one that, that, that is a call to press on. Number one, but this call of the Christian life is one that in order for us to be able to do it, we've got to do it together. We need each other. I heard a quote one time from a uh, you know, pastor up in uh, Nashville, or Robbie Gallaty, uh, right? He said this, hey, our, our Christian life, right, it's personal, but it isn't private. Our Christian life is personal, but it isn't private. What's he saying there? Hey, listen, we need each other. Yes, we have a personal relationship with God. We commune with him. We ought to commune with him every single day. But the reality is, hey, we need the body. We need each other in order to accomplish, right, this call that God has placed in our life, right, to press on till the end. I'm thankful for people in my life, right, that I've known for I mean, decade plus, folks from, you know, the youth group, you know, gra you know graduated 10, 11, tw uh, 11, 12 years ago. Still keep in contact. Folks from college, right, that I know, man, if, if I'm in a crisis, I can reach out to them. Man, if I'm struggling with pressing on, I can reach out to them. Matter of fact, there's people in my life, uh, you know, about 13, 14 months ago, um, you know, my dad was living with me at the time, walked into his room, you know, one night and found him, you know, dead on his bed, walked in, found him dead. And it was one of those crises moments, moment where I could have just, man, chose to fold it up, fold it up, put away the tent. But, man, there were other godly Christians, not necessarily in my church, although there were some there, but other godly Christians as a part of the Big C Church, man, I could reach out and call, reach out and text. Man, that could encourage me. Hey, I'm grieving with you, brother. I'm walking with you through this. Hey, hey keep going. Keep going. And so, man, the call for us, man, is to find community, get plugged in, man, community, lean in to one another. I know there's a good community here at the Covenant Church, but I want to encourage you, man, hey, continue. Those of you who aren't plugged into a group or plugged into community, man, get plugged into one. Don't live isolated. Live isolated, man. Choose, man, to have mature thinking. Those of you who are mature, choose to have this kind of thinking. And those that are struggling with it, man, hey, seek the Lord, man, and he'll reveal to you, man, that this is the way that you ought to roll. Press on to maturity. Press on to maturity. I'll close with this. I um, had a friend uh, who I went to college with. Uh, I graduated from Louisiana Tech University um, in Ruston. That's why I made that Ruston joke, by the way. I really do enjoy Ruston. But uh, 
graduated from Louisiana Tech University here and, and had a friend that we were in the same program together. And, uh, man, just an awesome guy, awesome guy. Um, he was one of those dudes. He excelled in the classroom but also was a great witness for Christ. And uh, after we graduated, man, he, we both went, in, you know, went into the ministry. I went to seminary. He was serving at a church in Denham Springs outside of Baton Rouge there. Uh, and then got some sobering news early part of 2017 that he uh, ended up uh, – having a rare form of uh, lung cancer, um, 25 years old. Uh, and uh, it was pretty unheard of at the time. And, and so, you know, went through treatments. And even in the midst of that, right, he embodied this text, man. He still pressed on. He still, man, moved forward without the knowledge of what was going to happen. See, for, for some of us, you know, I, I know for me, man, a lot of times, you know, when I go through a, a trial, I'm thinking, man, hey, I'm going to press on because, man, I know, I know God's going to deliver for me. Man, he's God. And I kind of see him sometimes as like a genie in a bottle, man. I say a couple of wishes and he'll, he'll you know, whisk me away, you know, from that issue. But, but this dude, man, he, he continued to press on without even knowing that. And, and sadly, his condition, it got worse and worse. And he ended up passing away at 26, man, newly married guy, leaving, you know, his wife and a student, you know, a student ministry behind. Very, very tragic deal. And so the other day I ended up looking on his Facebook page, you know, um, as I was, you know, working through some stuff. And it was awesome to see um, the testimonies of those within his group and folks that knew him of the impact that he made in their life even in his last days, pressing on, moving forward in him, the testimony of that. And, and, and there were many of folks that shared. And I remember thinking, man, I, I want to have that kind of life. I want to be one, hey, that presses on till the end, whenever that is, whenever that is. I want to be one, as Paul mentions in Ephesians 5, man, makes the most of the time, because the days are evil. Man, I want to be one man that, hey, that, that leaves a, a legacy and impact for Jesus in my community, my family. And listen, friends, we ought to want to be those same folks as well. Not just people, man, that, that come to church and hang out. It's great. It's good. Not just people, man, that, you know, are just cultural with this thing or just window shoppers with this Christianity thing, but. Man, folks that are all in, that are saying, you know what, man, in every season of life, I'm going to continue to press on because Jesus is worth it. He's better. He's better. And so, man, my encouragement is that we choose to do that. He, uh, Jordan posted, uh, the guy I was telling you about that passed away, he posted some lyrics to a song, and I'll read them. And then um, as I read them, I'm going to invite Brother Daryl and Assembly to come up as uh, we conclude. Um, but... These lyrics are from a song, man, a couple of months before he, he died um, and just speaks to, man, his willingness to press on to the end. This is what he said. He said this, so this is my hope and prayer, the air that I'll breathe in eternity with lungs that never fail me. If it pleases my Lord and only by your grace, use my life till it's poured out for your sake. Until then, I'll remain where you have me with joy, even when I feel unhappy, and a peace that surpasses all my understanding. My life is in the hands of your love everlasting. And when it's, time, and when it's my time to go, go ahead and take me home. 
for I know I'll be with you. Testimony of someone that pressed on, and may we as well choose to have that same testimony. Matt's for us to bow our head and close our eyes. As we conclude the service today, I know you guys say this often at the Covenant Church. What, what's your next step? The Bible in James 1 tells us that we're called not just to be hearers of God's word, but doers of it. And so whenever, man, we encounter the Lord and his word, there's always a call to respond. So what does that look like in your life? Maybe you're in here and, man, what's keeping you from progressing forward in, in the Christian life? What's keeping you from, from, man, being all in serving him is, is your past. And it's time to lay that past down at the altar, man. Leave it, leave it. Even. Maybe you're in here and your struggle is that you're a window shopper believer. Man, just trying on things instead of, man, being all in for him and answering that call out his place in our life. Maybe you're in here and you're struggling, man, to progress forward because you're not plugged into community. I don't know where you are today, but I'm going to pray for us. And, uh, and, man, maybe you need to pray with somebody. We've got folks in the back. We've got connection cards in the back there as well respond that way. Maybe you just need to make your seat your altar over these next few moments and do business with God. But may we be people that choose to press on to maturity today. Let's pray. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we thank you for this call uh, today or this call to press on to maturity. God, I pray that all of us in this room would choose to do that, Lord. I pray that and even when it gets difficult, man, that we continue to move forward in you, Lord. Even despite of our, our past, Lord, and when the enemy tries to remind us of, of, God, of all that, Lord, I pray that we'd stiff arm them in Jesus' name and keep running forward. And I pray that we'd understand that we can't live this life alone, Lord. And so, God, I pray that we'll choose to walk in unity and as a people, as a, as a body together. And God, continue to have your way in this place. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.